Everybody knows this song. We're going old school, but everybody knows it. Come on. How's everybody doing? We had a great time last week. Who was here last week for 120? Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, listen, the next 120, you do not want to miss it. The men's ministry is going to rock this place next on the next 120. Uh, who was here last Sunday for Carlos? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is you missed it, man. <laughs> you missed it. Listen, you can't touch this. <laughs> How's it go, Carlos? Yeah, yeah. It was a great message, man. If, if you missed uh, last week's message by Carlos, you need to get online and listen to that thing. It was an amazing message. Uh, really, really good stuff. Um, so this morning we're going to be talking about love. I know that song goes way back in the 60s or something like that, but uh, I, I uh, jumped on a line to look up that song and um, it's still really popular, man. On YouTube, it's like uh, just bam. They keep uh, they keep redoing it, and uh, the hits are just off the charts. I was like, wow, song from the '60s, and people are still listening to it like crazy. But listen, I, I want to talk a little bit about love uh, this morning, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna dig into that. If you want to turn over to Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. It says this, and Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So Father God, we thank you for today, Father. Lord, I ask you to anoint me to bring forth your word in a manner that is pleasing to you, Father God. Lord, I thank you uh, that we hear your word and that we apply it to our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So love. So the title of my message is, <clears throat> Love is All We Need, or Is It? Or Is It? There's been a lot of a lot of talk about uh, love lately, and um, well, we'll just get into it. I don't want to. I don't want to jump to the end of my message before before we get started because I'm so excited about the end of the message. But listen, <laughs> uh, listen. This <clears throat> excuse me. This message was uh, literally. Uh, I heard portions of this taught about three years ago, and it just literally, maybe three or four years ago, whenever it was. And it just completely changed my life. And so I, uh, as I begin to learn and understand it and begin to apply uh, these principles to my life, um, things begin to change for me. And uh, so I, I'm going to talk about those things this morning. Uh, and it all revolves around love. And so um, 
Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second commandment, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so it seems pretty simple, right? Love God, love others. Pretty simple commandment. But something as uh, I begin to dig in here, and, and when I heard a, a teaching on this uh, several years ago, um, something began to unlock in me, and, and I had a question where Jesus said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. As I began to ponder that, I was like, what does that even mean? Anybody ever had that thought? How do you, God, want me to love others as I love myself? How does that even work? It was completely foreign to me when I began to look at it. Why was it foreign to me? It was completely foreign to me because I didn't know what it meant to love myself. I'm like, what does loving myself <clears throat> even look like? So we're going we're gonna to look at that really quick because, um, listen, to the extent that we love ourselves is the extent of our love for others. We must first learn to love ourselves before we can love others. So we're going to dig into this a little bit. So listen, how do we love ourselves? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to really talk about symptoms that we can see in our lives when love is not present. Because for me, that helps me understand what's going on with me. When I begin to look at the symptoms in my life, even though I don't even know that they are symptoms, because it's just who I am, it's just how I act, it's just what I say, it's just what I do. And then all of a sudden we begin to see uh, that it's actually a symptom of lack of love. And then we can... Uh, when we recognize that, we can actually turn that particular key off and let love in. Does that make sense? And so, um, so how do we love ourselves? The very first thing uh, we, need to, we need to do is not criticize ourselves. When there is no love for ourselves, we criticize ourselves. I found myself doing this all the time. I would say stuff like, you know, I'd do something that, that wasn't uh, very bright. You know, I'd say, ah, <laughs> oh, I'm such an idiot. Anybody do that? <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Why would you even do that? Oh. Or I'm messing with my computer, and I'm like, I can't get it to do what I want it to do, and I'm just like, oh. Come on, you moron. You just got to be smarter than the computer. <laughs> right? Just got to be smarter than this piece of equipment that I can't make work. Right? We do these things all the time. We begin to criticize ourselves. How about, how about, uh, 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 I'm just so fat. <laughs> Maybe we stand in front of the mirror and we go, look at, look, look at yourself. So ugly. Oh, do something about it. 
Look at that crooked toe. I hate that crooked toe. Right? Carlos touched on it a little bit. My nose. Oh, last week, right? I hate my nose. It's so crooked. Can't my chin just be a little... We begin to criticize ourselves, right? And we begin to point out the flaws in ourselves as if it's going to make something change. Right? And because we're comfortable criticizing ourselves, it's really easy to criticize others. See, what I'm trying to do is begin to uh, make that correlation of how we love ourselves translates into how we love others. When we stand there and look at ourselves and we go, it's a face only a mother could love. (laughs) Right? Oh, my ear. I can't stand my ears. And then we stand in the lobby of the church and we're like, check out those ears. (laughs) And the person you're talking to is like, what? What did you say? Dumbo just walked in the room. And they're like, right? Do you see how they're dressed? What, their mama never taught them how to match clothes or what? Why? Because we do this to ourselves. We stand there and and we're like, does this match? No, I don't think this match. I'm going to go back and change. And you come back out. How do I look? Do I look okay? See, because we're criticizing ourselves, right? Criticizing, we're putting ourselves down. Listen, when we criticize ourselves, we're actually speaking death, not life. So why would we want to speak death to ourselves? We can only speak blessings or cursings, life or death. There's nothing in the middle. Only blessings or cursings come out of our mouth. And if we're criticizing, that's cursing. And when we're cursing, it brings death. Isn't this what Jesus taught us? Listen, let's go to Mark chapter 11, verses 12 through 14. And it says this, Now the next day when they had come out to Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing, oh, what happened? There it is. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat from you ever again. And the disciples heard it. And then jumping to verse 20, it says, Now in the morning as they passed by, They saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. 
So Jesus uses the fig tree, this example, to teach how powerful words are. So when we're cursing or criticizing ourselves, we're actually partnering with the spirit of death. And we're speaking death over ourselves. And because we speak death over ourselves and because we have not learned to love ourselves, we cannot love others. So this commandment of Jesus becomes all of a sudden uh, something that we have to learn. <laughs> Instead of thinking, oh, that's easy. I'd just be nice to others, love God. I'm good. Well, we kind of miss the whole step that Jesus said, love them as yourself. Because we treat people exactly how we treat ourselves if we pay attention to it. If we begin to pay attention how we treat ourselves, we will see that we are actually treating others exactly the same way we treat ourselves. And we think it's okay because we haven't learned to love ourselves. <laughs> I know I'm meddling a little bit, but... <laughs> Listen, a house divided itself uh, against itself cannot stand. Isn't this what Jesus taught us? So here we have the temple of the Holy Spirit, which uh, <clears throat> is our bodies, right? The Holy Spirit resides inside of us, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if we're constantly cursing our bodies or cursing ourselves, we are a house divided. So we've got to learn to speak life. Listen, when, when, you, um, when you speak love to yourself, you're actually inviting love from others. I, I encourage you to try it sometime. The, your crooked nose or whatever the case may be, when you begin to say, I love that my crooked nose. I love you, crooked nose. Crooked nose, I love you so much. You are a part of the temple of the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, somebody, sometime later, after you've learned to love yourself, is going to walk in and go, you know what, your nose is just so cute. And you're going to be like, oh! <laughs> really? I know I love my nose. <laughs> See, what happens is we create the atmosphere to either allow love or hate. And so when you uh, begin to speak love to yourself, quit criticizing yourself and invite love into your space, if you will, others begin to speak love. But if all you do is curse it, even if somebody comes up to you and says, your nose is so cute. You're like, oh, really? I hate my nose. And you just kick love right out. See, we think it's crazy that people speak love to themselves. Like, really? You love that crooked toe? But isn't it crazier to speak death over yourself? Yeah. 
that's crazy. See, lies feel more powerful than truth, but we need to side with the truth every time. See, Jesus came and died on the cross so that we would never be separated from love again. Isn't that what Jesus died for? To bring us into relationship with love, God who is love, and we constantly throw love out? We need to be careful there. Okay, I need to move on to the next thing. So, uh... Number two, we must stop punishing ourselves. When, we're, when love is not present, when love for self is not present, we punish ourselves. In other words, when we do something wrong, we punish ourselves for doing something wrong. Okay, so maybe, maybe we eat uh, ice cream. I don't know. Maybe we, we eat some ice cream, and we enjoy that ice cream. And then we're like, oh, I enjoy that ice cream so much, I want to give me a second bowl. And you get another bowl of ice cream. And you get done eating that bowl of ice cream and you're like, oh. You're so fat. I can't believe you had to have two bowls. You're not getting any sweets for the rest of the month. In fact, get your fat self up and go for a walk. Get on that treadmill. Come on, let's put some miles in. And you punish yourself for eating the ice cream. Listen, I'm not saying exercise is, is bad. But if you're doing it out of punishment to yourself, then it's bad. If you're not exercising out of love for yourself, but rather out of punishment... We've got to learn to stop punishing ourselves. See, listen, that's, that's conditional love. And because we love ourselves conditionally, we love others conditionally. Isn't God's love unconditional? There are no conditions on God's love. We've got to learn to, to love the way that God loves, which is unconditionally. Whether we do good or whether we do bad, we've got to learn to love ourselves. We don't love ourselves only when we do good and then punish ourselves when we do bad. Why? Because this translates to others. Like, well, you know, they've been pretty good to me. They're a great person. I just love them. But if you cross this line, you know, this one line that I've drawn in the sand, whatever that line is for each one of us, if you cross that line, you're not going to be a part of my life anymore. You're out. In fact, you crossed that line with my family. It wasn't even me, just somebody in my family. My eighth cousin on my... On my, uh, whatever, uncle's side. 
I don't know which uncle it was, but I heard you did it. I'm not talking to you. Right? It all stems from how we treat ourselves. Jesus said, love others as you love yourself. If we begin to pay attention how we treat ourselves, all of a sudden it brings, I can't believe I was treating others that way. I can't believe I actually thought that was love. <laughs> Just being nice to somebody. Hey, I'm loving. Listen, we need to really start paying attention to how we treat ourselves. <clears throat> We've got to learn to love unconditionally. There is not, nothing worth abusing ourselves for. Listen, it is abuse when we speak bad to ourselves, when we punish ourselves. But yet so many times we think we're actually doing good by doing this. We put ourselves in the corner. We say, time out for you. Right? Sometimes we hate ourselves so much that uh, we don't even realize the things that we do to ourselves. You're like, doesn't that thing on your arm hurt? No, it doesn't hurt. All the while, you're just like, well, I was so stupid. I just got to deal with the pain. Like, maybe you should wrap it up and tend to it. Nah, it just, it's fine. We don't even want to tend to our own wounds because we're like, I deserved it. I deserve it. I'm just going to deal with it. Maybe, you know, you should talk to somebody about that stuff that's, nah, I brought it on myself. I'm just going to deal with it. Let the cards fall wherever they may. I don't care. Rather than learning to work through issues and learn to love ourselves, we just punish ourselves. All the while saying, oh, I'm a horrible person. I deserve it. But listen, we were created in God's image. We can love ourselves even when we do wrong things. We can learn to love ourselves through it. All it takes uh, is learning to forgive ourselves. Too many times we just try to punish ourselves rather than Actually, uh, actually practicing the teachings of Jesus, which is forgive. Listen, one of the greatest things we can learn to do is forgive ourselves. I just go, Boyd, I forgive you for making that stupid move or doing that dumb thing. Right? Whatever it is. I forgive you for saying those words. I forgive you for doing those wrong things. I forgive you. Now let's move on, let's make the corrections, and let's move on, right? Okay, let's go to 2 Timothy 1.7. So love, it's 
love all we need? So many times we think, oh, love is all we need. If I could just learn to love, that's all I need. But Second, or Second Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. So love is not all we need. The Word of God tells us we need power and a sound mind with love. If we're missing any one of those ingredients in our life, then fear moves in. In Revelations, it talks about the seven spirits of God. In Revelations 3, 1 and 5, 6, it talks about the seven spirits of God. In, in Revelations 5, 6, it says the seven spirits of God have been released onto the earth. And so there's, there's debate in the body of Christ what those seven spirits actually are. Um, I believe these are three of them right here. Isaiah 11, verse 2, is what I believe the seven spirits of God are. Uh, but I don't want to get into that whole debate to trying to figure all that out. But here we have three of the spirits of God, in, in my opinion, listed and we need to have them in operation in our lives. Without any one of those in operation in our lives, fear will move in. And so what happens is, is we need power, we need love, and we need a sound mind. <clears throat> so I'm going to go into the symptoms of not having uh, those. And so <clears throat> the symptoms of losing power. So power, when you feel powerless in your life, you feel like you have no power over uh, what you do or what you say or, or uh, any, you know, things like that. When you feel powerless in your life, these symptoms will begin to rise. Um, rage. Rage is a symptom of no power in our life. And so what happens is, is you go through a period of time where you're just like, okay, I'm just going to deal with that. I'm going to hold that in. I'm going to hold it in, I'm going to hold it in, I'm going to hold it in. And then all of a sudden something happens and it's like, Rah! right? This rage just comes out and you're just like, ah. See, the reality of it is when that happens, we've been raging inside for a long time before it bursts out of us. So rage is a symptom of no power, not having power in our lives. Passive-aggressive is also a symptom of no power in our life. Giving others the silent treatment. I'm just not going to talk to you. Until things go right, you make things right with me, we're not talking. That's a symptom of no power. Shame and guilt is a symptom of no power. And here's a really interesting one. Our voice gets louder because we feel like we have no power over our life. We say, nobody's listening to me. Nobody's hearing what I've got to say. Therefore, I've got to talk louder. And we're like, why are you yelling? Because nobody's listening. So I have to scream to get everybody's attention. When there's no power in our life, our life gets louder. Another symptom of no love is there's no boundaries. 
because we don't love ourselves, we don't put boundaries on ourselves. We just let ourselves do whatever we want. When we love, there's boundaries. We take our child and we're like, no, 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 don't put your hand on, on that. You're going to get burned. Why? Because we love them enough to give them boundaries. Right? So we have to learn to love ourselves enough to give ourselves boundaries. Okay, I'm moving on. The next one. Sound mind. Let's talk about sound mind. A sound mind is God's given discernment. God given discernment. A symptom of no sound mind in our life uh, are, are when our discernment is taken away from us, we become arrogant, prideful. Another symptom is judgment or judgmental. So we sit back and we begin to judge others. And we say, they're doing this wrong and they're doing that wrong and that shouldn't be doing. It doesn't necessarily mean that our discernment, our discernment is off. It just means we've chosen to go the judgmental side rather than step up in power that God has given us and speak and be heard. But we sit back and instead choose to go judgmental side. And so these are symptoms of, of losing our sound mind. A sound mind, <clears throat> a sound mind also means that we're not wishy-washy. In other words, we don't step into doubt. So a sound mind means that we don't, we don't uh, uh, allow doubt in our life and we don't side with doubt. So we're not going back and forth on decisions. In James, uh, the first chapter of James, it says that a double mind uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so a sound mind means that, that uh, you know, we have God-given discernment, and we use that discernment appro uh, appropriately rather than sitting back and becoming prideful about what we know and becoming judgmental of others, of what they're doing wrong or what they, we think they don't know or all that kind of stuff, okay? So these are symptoms. So what happens when, when any of these three are out of order, we grab another ingredient. So rather than grabbing the power of God, we grab something else. And rather than, than grabbing the love of God, we grab something else. Rather than uh, grabbing a hold of our sound mind, we grab something else. And so when things are out of order, when, when the ingredients aren't correct, what happens is we tend to do something like try to control others. So we reach for that control and we think by controlling others we can then somehow control the situation in my life because my life is out of control I have no power nobody's listening to me but if I can control you I feel powerful again I feel like I've gotten my power back but these are all false these are false ways of getting those ingredients. So we've got to learn to walk in power and love and a sound mind. And so when we look at ourselves, and so this has been a journey for me for, I don't know how long it's been, four years or something like that, of learning to recognize these things in my own life. And so uh, this morning as we talk about them, I know there's a lot of stuff when we just look at it and we're like, oh, goodness, I'm doing all of that. 
that's where I was. I'm doing all of that, and I probably still am to some degree. But here's what we do. When we see that we're reaching for the wrong ingredient, or we see that uh, these other symptoms in our life are, are just continually popping their head up, uh, we just ask God, why is this symptom in my life? Where is this symptom stemming from? And God will show us. He shows us. And, and then all we have to do is then go apply the word of God to our life in that particular area. And then all of a sudden we get back to working with the right ingredients that God gave us. He gave us those three ingredients to work with. Uh, and so whenever we reach for something else, we just go, God, why am I reaching for this other thing? Why is there rage inside of me? Why do I feel like I don't have a sound mind? Why am I constantly like going back and forth? And the Holy Spirit reveals it and he shows it to us. And then it's all we have to do is begin to apply it. And the other thing uh, that I've learned to do is when I recognize these things, I, you know, of course, repent and ask God to forgive me, ask others to forgive me if, if need be, whatever the case is. Um, but then I ask Holy Spirit, I always say this little prayer, and I say, Holy Spirit, please bring it uh, to my attention sooner. Let me recognize it sooner before I get into the issue, before it's created this huge mess in my life that I have to clean up, before, help me see it at the onset, help me recognize it so that I can make the adjustments before anything is created for it, you know, uh, happens because of those actions that I have, because of my hate for myself. Help me see it before it turns into hate of others. Help me see it before I'm unable to love others in that particular area, right? And so, uh, and, and he does. <laughs> Sometimes you're standing there talking to somebody and you're just like, oh, I can't believe that just came out of my mouth. I'm so sorry about that. God, forgive me. Whereas before, it would be like months and months would go by and finally the person would go, you said such and such to me. And I'm like, right it? Clueless. The Holy Spirit will prompt us right then and there so that we can make the adjustments on the fly. Does that make sense? Listen, this is not a condemnation message. This is a message of, of becoming aware of the tools that God has given us and, and, and not allowing substitutes, not allowing falseness in our lives. Okay, so if everybody would please stand. Here's, here's what I want to do. If, uh, if there's any area in a in our lives that we've recognized that our symptoms of not having the correct ingredients in our life, I just want uh, to take this opportunity to number one, ask God to forgive us. Number two, to repent. And repent really means uh, that we make a, a conscious decision to turn from using those ingredients to using the right ones and sometimes we don't even know exactly what that means and uh, but we what we want to uh, make the the commitment 
to do that. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's the one that teaches and he leads us and he guides us through it all. And then I want to pray for the Holy Spirit to help us, to teach us, lead us. to recognize these things early at the onset. So if that's you and you want to do that too, we're just going to say a little prayer and I'm going to give a little moment for you to talk between you and God yourself. And then we'll we'll close um, together. So Father God, I thank you for your message today, Father God. And Lord, I thank you that uh, that your word is truth, that it is life and light to us. And even though it's, it was just an introduction into these, these things, Father God, that you have for us, we want to learn to walk in them. We want to begin to apply them to our lives. And Holy Spirit, we ask you teach, lead, and guide us. And Father, we ask for your forgiveness for not loving ourselves. For being unsatisfied with who you created us to be. We ask you to forgive us Forgive us for speaking death over ourselves. Forgive us for speaking death over others. Help us to only speak life. So I want you to just take a moment and repent to yourself, to God. Just tell him. you don't want to do the things that you've been doing, whatever it is that was brought to your attention, that you want to do it his way. Father God, we ask for a sound mind, that you restore our sound mind, 
just feel like there's um, just like this one was talking about earlier struggling with her mind I feel like that's going on with others here um, so if that's you uh, just repeat this prayer after me Say, Father God, I thank you for my sound mind. I command all lying spirits to stop now in Jesus' name. I renounce any agreement I've ever made with lying spirits, knowingly or unknowingly, in the name of Jesus. So, Father God, I speak freedom now in Jesus' name from the lies, all the whispering spirits that would cause doubt and unbelief. In Jesus' name, I command you to go. Confusion goes in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. 